Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. White flag at the start-finish line, 399 down and one to go for Kyle Larson, his final trip around the paperclip. Kyle Larson off to final time. Never doubt Hendrick Motorsports at Martinsville Speedway. They weren't in it to win it until very late, but this afternoon it's young money. The short track season has been kind to Kyle Larson. He won at Richmond Raceway. Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins at Martinsville Speedway in the NOCO 400. You've won some neat trophies, a grandfather clock. What does it mean to win one of these? It means a lot. Uh, I think anytime you can accomplish something that you don't think is possible, um, that, that means a lot. And then you know, the hardware that goes along with it is pretty, pretty neat. So just... Um, like I said, I, I think this is my 10th season or whatever here coming to Martinsville, and I probably don't have many top 10s, so uh, I, I've been lapped almost every time I've been here. So get with Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, they've obviously got this place figured out. And NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we come out of the short track swing and get ready for super speedway racing at Talladega this weekend. We're going to give you a NASCAR Live backtracks of this past Sunday's NOCO 400 at Martinsville. We will document how Kyle Larson won his first race at the paperclip. Also, Christopher Bell will join the show. Seabell's been on a tear of late. We'll check in with Seabell. And speaking of Talladega, we're going to go inside the Earnhardt family legacy at Talladega Super Speedway, and it is a rich legacy. We'll also look back on the careers of the latest drivers to be named to NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers list. Plus, we'll preview all the racing weekends action at Talladega and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here to get us started with the latest of NASCAR headlines. Kyle? Mike, the final appeals officer, rules to amend the penalty issued to the number 31 colleague racing team at the request of NASCAR. There is no loss of championship team owner and driver points or playoff points. The $100,000 fine and four-race suspension for Trent Owens remains in effect. Colleague was originally penalized due to an unapproved modification of a single-source supplied part, specifically the hood louvers. NASCAR announced that it is committed to achieving 
achieving net zero operating emissions by 2035. Additionally, the sport has launched NASCAR Impact, which is a program designed to align and advance sustainability, community engagement, and other impact-driven social initiatives. The organization plans to reduce its carbon footprint to zero across all scope one and two emissions over the next 12 years through strategic investments, collaborative partnerships, and operational changes. And one driver on the mend is Chase Briscoe. The Hoosier native underwent surgery on his broken middle left finger early Monday. His wife Marissa announced via Twitter. Briscoe suffered the injury while racing in a dirt late model on April 6th, contacting the wall in qualifying which ripped the wheel out of his hand and broke the finger. Though he admitted concern leading into the Bristol dirt race, Briscoe was never slowed by the injury, instead scoring consecutive fifth-place finishes at Bristol and Martinsville, respectively. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll go back around the paperclip of Martinsville for a NASCAR Live Backtracks, and later we'll go in-depth on the Earnhardt family successes at Talladega. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. On Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series concluded its spring short track swing at Martinsville, where mayhem ensued once again. Let's relive all the twists and turns from Sunday's NOCO 400 with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. This is race number nine of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series schedule, Martinsville Speedway, the NOCO 400 off four. It is the front row of Daniel Suarez and pole sitter Ryan Priest, and the green flag is in the air, and we are underway. Also on the thoroughly unhappy list is Kyle Busch. That car is not running well at all, cannot hold the bottom of the racetrack. He's lost a handful of laps in the last 10 circuits. Well, Kyle Busch has not been happy since the green flag dropped. In fact, not even halfway through this run, he was already complaining that he had used up the right rear, just very, very loose, and knowing this was going to be a long green flag run, that was not what this team wanted to hear. And then throughout the course of the run, just building tight in the center, he is absolutely unhappy with his car. Here comes Ryan Priest down the back straightaway now. No challenge from behind. He's got Chastain in front of him. He's got Joey Logano behind him. Neither one of them are happy, but they'll take their position. And this will be his first ever stage win at the cup level. Ryan Priest across the line as he sees the green and white checkered flag. Congratulations to Ryan. That is his first ever stage win. Here's Daniel Suarez bringing his Chevy Camaro in. Four tires to go racing still. from Perot. It's three wide, I think. Ryan Priest got him right at the line. Daniel Suarez and Eric Almarola out first. Pit stop lap number 135. Todd Gordon, you shared with us in our production meeting, the beauty of this first pit stall is that you don't have to adhere to a speed limit because of the time. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan Priest gassed it up and did a John Force burnout and passed two cars between there and the scoring line. That's the advantage of winning on Saturday. There are three drivers being busted for two 
too fast exiting pit road. One of them, your pole sitter that's led 135 laps, Ryan Priest busted too fast as he left his pit stall. We talked on the pit stop how he got by Eric Almarola and Daniel Suarez because he gassed it up and sped it up. The speed limit is 30. They've got wiggle room to 35. NASCAR gives them a little buffer. They were 39.2 in that segment, so when he gassed it up and took off, he really took off, and that's what caused him a penalty, and that's exit out. With 14 laps to go in stage two, the battle for the lead is on at Martinsville Speedway. Here comes Kevin Harvick to the inside of Ross Chastain. Chastain on the older tires may not be able to put up much of a fight. Todd Gilliland also beginning to backslide, but here they come down the back straightaway into three. They are side by side for the number one spot. Harvick on the inside, no fight left for Ross Chastain, new leader, Mark Martinsville Speedway. It happens on lap 167. Kevin Harvick out front as he makes his way off to Harvick looking for the stage win. Chase Briscoe making a show of it. He's closed in within two and a half, maybe three car lengths, but he's going to have to do something darn spectacular in turn three. Kevin Harvick into turn number three. This will be stage career win number 39 for Kevin Harvick and his first of the season. Neither driver willing to give an inch. It'll be Briscoe at the line, but Hamlin still working downstairs. Side by side, they race back off. Turn number two. Chase Briscoe just will not quit in that outside lane. A little bit of fender rub on each other as they come off turn number two. Hamlin this time by a wheel. But here comes Chase Briscoe again. However, Briscoe has the back end bobble off of turn number four. Denny Hamlin leads this lap. Hamlin by a nose goes back to turn one. Briscoe, though, coming back at him in that outside lane. Maybe hoping to use the lap traffic as a pick if they get there, but it's not going to work. He bobbles again off two. That allows Denny Hamlin to get away. Here comes Harvick for second. So Denny Hamlin is going to be the new race leader here on lap 258 with 142 remaining. Toyota out front. A race-changing moment just a lap ago. We talked about Anthony Alfredo. There was a tire that got away, and it put us under the caution and when it did, it was in the middle of the green flag cycle of pit stops. We talked about those that did not pit, and did they get a break? Up off of turn four into the aforementioned Geico restart zone. Greg Harris puts the green flag in the air, and we're racing again at Martinsville. Tyler Reddick dives for the bottom. Chase Briscoe does some mirror driving to hold him off. Reddick was thinking three wide to the bottom. Chase Briscoe said, no, that's not going to happen. Side by side off turn two. Briscoe to the lead. Larson falls in line second. Reddick to the inside of Harvick for third. Oh, trouble in turn number three. Hard up into the wall goes J.J. Yaley, something let go on that car. He may have caught a tire or something let go under the hood, but he went straight up the racetrack and walloped the safer barrier in three. And that will put us under the caution flag for just the fifth time here this afternoon. Chase Briscoe out front, but this could change everything. Steve Post, one of those drivers and a front runner, is back on pit road. Yeah, Kevin Harvick went out on the racetrack, right front flat tire. So the crew now working on the right front of that car, so 
Kevin Harvick had a good-looking run going, but uh, he's got a lot of work to do. Side-by-side side, off turn number two. The crowd is on its feet. It's Logano up high. Larson down low, wheel-to-wheel for the lead. Not only a battle for the lead, it may be the battle for the win here today. They're side-by-side, side, still at the line. Ford on the outside, Chevrolet on the inside. There is no quit in Joey Logano. He rides right with him off turn number two. Actually puts a fender back into the lead on the outside. What a drive by Joey Logano. What a battle for the lead. Larson on the bottom of the racetrack. Quickly snaps the steering wheel to driver's left. He cuts off the corner. Logano has momentum on the outside. They're still side by side. Spectacular racing for the win this afternoon at Martinsville. Larson this time. He's got him in turn two. He pulls back up in front of him. Larson to the lead. White flag at the start finish line. 399 down and one to go for Kyle Larson. His final trip around the paper clip. Kyle Larson off to final time. Never doubt Hendrick Motorsports at Martinsville Speedway. They weren't in it to win it until very late. But this afternoon, it's young money. Kyle Larson heading for victory lane. The short track season has been kind to Kyle Larson. He won at Richmond Raceway. Checkered flag in the air. And Kyle Larson wins at Martinsville Speedway in the NOCO 400. Coming up, we'll learn how the Earnhardt name became synonymous with Talladega Super Speedway. And later, Christopher Bell will join us. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. In NASCAR history, Martinsville and Richard Petty have become one and the same with the King's dominance there throughout his legendary career. The Earnhardt family, both senior and junior, have carved their own legacy at another of NASCAR's famed racetracks, Talladega Super Speedway. Our Kurt Becker is here now to take us through the Earnhardt family's success at Dega. 16 wins, 35 top fives, 40 top tens. Those are numbers that could put a driver in the debate for a spot among NASCAR's 75 best drivers of all time. But those numbers are not tied to a single driver over the course of a career. Those are the numbers amassed by the Earnhardts at Talladega. At the stripe, Dale Earnhardt, career win number 74. He wins the Winston 500 at Talladega. And all he can do is fall in behind and follow the Budweiser Chevy across the line. Junior does it again. Scenes of fans coming to their feet when a certain driver gets to the front is part of what makes NASCAR great. Those moments couldn't be better illustrated than when Dale Earnhardt and then his son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., would get to the front of the pack at Talladega. Throughout the course of their careers, the two drivers made the 2.66-mile super speedway their own backyard and made it known to everyone else that you had to beat the black number three or the red number eight if you were going to win at Talladega. 
While the elder Earnhardt will always be associated with that black number three car, his first win at the Talladega Super Speedway came when he was sporting the blue and yellow Wrangler colors and passed Darrell Waltrip on the last lap in the summer of 1983. Earnhardt drops to the inside. Waltrip tried to cut him off. Waltrip on the outside with Earnhardt taking the lead into turn three. The final roll of the dice, and right now it's Dale Earnhardt, and Bobby Allison has fallen in through, and it's between Earnhardt and Waltrip as they come off turn number four. It's Dale Earnhardt with the lead. He's got Waltrip behind him as Allison gets out of the way. Earnhardt brings him down into the dogleg. Waltrip will have one final shot. Here he comes, trying to draft down on the apron of the track and get underneath him. There's traffic dead ahead as they cross the stripe. It'll be Earnhardt by a half a Walter will finish second. Of course, the sight of the black number three in victory lane at Talladega became a regular occurrence in the 1990s, with eight of Dale Earnhardt's ten Talladega wins coming in that car. In fact, Earnhardt swept both Talladega races in 1990 as part of his fourth championship winning season. Earnhardt will go up high. The lap car will stay low. Earnhardt maintains the lead. Greg Sachs has one more try. If he can make the move, the finish line is near turn one. Earnhardt goes low. Sachs goes high. Greg keeps it wound up at the stripe. It is Dale Earnhardt with his third win of the 1990 season. This will not affect the battle for the lead. They have to race to the start finish. It is still Earnhardt with just about a car length over Bill Elliott. Classic Chevrolet versus Ford battle. The crowd waving their hats, throwing their t-shirts. Earnhardt will lead into the trioval. The cars come through the trioval area. They'll close in on the Mark Stahl machine. Stahl stays to the inside. Earnhardt swings to the outside. Dale Earnhardt wins his sixth race of the 1990 season, taking the checkered flag in the diehard 500. The Intimidator winning at Talladega on his way to a championship became part of his legacy. Earnhardt won at Dega in four of his seven championship seasons, including his record-tying year in 1994. Down the stretch they climb. Here's the move. Michael Waltrip to the inside. Schrader to the outside. Earnhardt blocks Waltrip. Now moves to the outside. He blocks Schrader. Urban three wide at the bottom. Ernie Urban to the inside of the racetrack. The Blackboard with the advantage. He advances to second. Michael Waltrip is third. Now he sets his sights on Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's black Chevrolet leads off the fourth corner. But here comes Ernie Urban to the line. One final try. Ernie Urban draws even. He's now trailing through Earnhardt. They come through the trial area. Dale Earnhardt will not feel a challenge at all. Urban does not pull out. Earnhardt wins. While that 94 season forever cemented Earnhardt's legacy, he was far from done in terms of adding to the win column. The Intimidator ranks eighth all-time with 76 Cup Series wins, and he never lost a step at Talladega, winning in three of his last four visits. That included what would ultimately be the final win of his legendary career in the fall of 2000. Kenny Wallace looking for that breakthrough victory. Earnhardt trying to block him high and low. Nobody jumping out of line. Here come the leaders off the corner. It's going to be a three-way battle for the win. They'll come by the Ted Musgrave car with Earnhardt leading. Here they come into the trioval. Kenny Wallace, one final shot at Dale Earnhardt. Behind him, the whole pack steaming for the finish line. Dale Earnhardt wins it. Earnhardt wins the Winston 500. Where in the world did you come from? 15th on that last restart. I was very lucky. I was very frustrated a lot, but very lucky. Uh, I kept working the, the outside, and it didn't work. Got three wide, didn't work. So I started working the middle, and I, I knew I had to pass those guys on the inside. I kept working the middle. I kept working the middle, and finally it started moving. And uh, 
and then Kenny Wallace got behind us and boy when Kenny got behind us we started to the front and we just kept working away there and working away there and we finally got it to the front. Tragically, Dale Earnhardt died just a few months later on the final lap of the 2001 Daytona 500. But the Earnhardt legacy in NASCAR and specifically at Talladega continued. Dale Earnhardt Jr. jumped on the scene in 2000 driving for his dad's team, Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, in the eight car. And while the two only got to race together twice at Talladega, it was clear that the son had learned a lot from his father when Jr. won in his fourth Talladega start. He even did it in similar fashion to his father's first Talladega win with a last lap pass. Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the bottom, digging hard, Labonte sideways, nearly brushes the wall, Earnhardt takes the lead out of turn number two, now crashing, Ricky Craven is in the wall, 15, 20 cars sliding everywhere. Here comes the battle for the lead, Earnhardt Jr. down low, here comes Tony Stewart to the high side, Jeff Burton trying to close in. Here they come in turn number three, Stewart is high, Earnhardt Jr. by a car length, has him on the low side of the racetrack, here comes drafting help from Jeff Burton, off the corner, Earnhardt Jr., Burton, Tony Stewart, Earnhardt Jr. pulling away. Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the inside of the racetrack. He's got it hooked up, coming back into the trioval. He's going to win the EA Sports 500. It's a rough race. Uh, I wanted to win this race real bad. It's uh, the same race my father won last year. He won a million dollars, too. So, uh, you know, we kind of backed it up, you know, and did it, did it about just about like he did. His, his, his race was a little more exciting than mine, but maybe not. I don't know. We got to beating and banging there at the end, and... Had to run in the side of 18, had to run in the side of 20 car, but um, they would have done the same thing, I feel like, and uh, we're sitting in winter circles, so it don't matter. That win for Junior was a sign of things to come. The next three races at Talladega featured the exact same result, the eight car in victory lane. Here's the Budweiser Chevy leading the pack as he has most of the day today. To the start-finish line, Michael Waltrip dives to the inside, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the Aaron's 499. Earnhardt Jr. shows the way. Stewart looks. No chance to jump down low. Earnhardt Jr. has made a race fan a millionaire and has picked up the Winston Noble 5 bonus. He wins his third race in a row at the Talladega Super Speedway. A Budweiser Chevrolet comes into the trial, works his way to the start-finish line, going for four in a row at Talladega. He makes it happen, winning the Aaron's 499. Dale Jr., the winner. Earnhardt Jr. added another win at Talladega in the fall of 2004, bringing his win total there to five in as many seasons in the Cup Series. His hot streak was followed by a cold spell, though, as Jr. went more than 10 years before visiting Victory Lane at Talladega again. But in 2015, this time driving for Hendrick Motorsports, he reminded everyone why the Earnhardts are synonymous with Talladega and why he became known as the Pied Piper of super speedway racing. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads off of turn number four for the final time at Talladega. His teammate Jimmy Johnson right behind. Will he have a t- chance to do it in the trioval? He's right behind him looking for a chance to pull down low. It's not going to work. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will win for the sixth time at Talladega Super Speedway. Like father, like son. That was never more true than it was for the Earnhardts at Talladega. Both had more success at Talladega than anywhere else. The elder Earnhardt's 10 wins and junior six at Dega were their best at any single track. 
From the victories to the fan reactions, no celebration of NASCAR's 75th anniversary would be complete without celebrating the legacy built by the Earnhardts at Talladega. Coming up, Christopher Bell stops by, and later we'll reflect on the careers of the latest drivers to be named to NASCAR's list of the 75 greatest drivers. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Through nine races, Joe Gibbs Racing's Christopher Bell sits five points clear atop the NASCAR Cup Series point standings. And so far this year, Christopher, the winner at Bristol Dirt, boasts top five finishes in all but four races and is already eyeing another shot at the championship four later this fall in Phoenix. Chris joins our Kim Kuhn. Including you, there have been seven winners so far this season. So it feels similar to what we saw last season. Do you think we're going to see the same number of different winners we saw last year? Is this season feeling similar in the, in regard to that? I think it's a little bit hard to tell still because the winners that we've had um, have been largely expected winners. And, you know, Ricky might be a guy that uh, – you know, would have been a guy that maybe people, some people had out of the playoffs, but he's been really good on the speedways for a long time. So um, he's not too terribly surprising. And yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see once we get further on into the season. Uh, definitely the road courses really open up opportunities for uh, different guys that we wouldn't consider expected winners to get in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit early to tell right now. Last year, it took you until July for the first win on the season. I know you said when we first talked that the Bristol Dirt win has taken off some of the pressure. Um, But what does winning early do for you in terms of how you guys maybe approach races differently? Uh, Can you be more risky, take more gambles, uh, depending on the track? And kind of what's the goal and how has it changed now that you already have a win under your belt? Yeah, it definitely allows Adam to be a little bit more aggressive and and probably myself too. You know, Adam can be more aggressive on strategy calls. And if it's a little bit more of a 50-50, like, hey, we could win, we could wreck, or, you know, we could, uh, he he might, you know, lean a little bit more towards the trying to win and and less about points rate. Same thing for me, you know, if I get into a late, late race restart, uh, it opens the door where I don't have to be concerned about finishing well because we're, we're locked in. You know, it's it's a win or wear it situation. So already thinking, you know, playoffs, it, it seems like kind of that's where your head, head is at now that you've got the Bristol Dirt win. Um, and the Cup Series is almost a quarter of the way through its season. So things are starting to take shape in terms of teams that could be championship contenders, teams that could, you know, even make it to the championship four. Why should people bet on the 20 to be there again in Phoenix competing for a title? Uh, They should bet on the 20 because we have Adam Stevens on the pit box. You know, I think he's one of the best in the garage and I'm very fortunate to be driving for him. Where do you fall in in that though? Like obviously Adam is great, but over the course of the last three years, 
You have evolved as a driver. You've shown that you deserve a place in the Cup Series at a top team. Um, so, so what percentage of you know the team making it to the championship for this year falls on you? I mean, if you ask a million different people in the industry, they're all going to have a different opinion on it. And you know, from me, the guy who's sitting in the seat, it definitely feels like I am just a, a small percentage of it because. You know, if the car's right, I can do really well. But whenever the car's not right, it doesn't it doesn't matter what I do in the car, I can't do very well. So, you know, it, it in my opinion, it's very important to have you know the right crew chief, the right engineer, the right mechanics building the car. Uh, and then, you know, if they if they give you a fast car, then then you know you got to drive it. So you're a few years into the Cup Series. At this point, are you having fun? It, it is. It is very enjoyable, and I've definitely noticed that. I've started to enjoy it more and more over the last, you know, handful of seasons. Whenever I've gotten more competitive and, and you know been in the hunt a lot more, um, it's just very rewarding because the Cup Series is very uh, competitive. It's it's probably the most competitive series that I've ever been a part of, and uh, you know it, it it makes the highs extremely high, and and you know it, it, the lows are obviously low, and you have to manage that. But uh, it's very rewarding to run well in the series. Talladega and Dover, what are your expectations or what can we look forward to as we head to the biggest track uh, on the circuit and then, of course, the one-mile concrete monster of Dover? Yeah, Talladega, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll go roll the dice and I'll either wreck or have a shot at the win or somewhere in between. So I I don't really put a bunch of emphasis on Talladega, but Dover will be a very important race. And it's one of my favorite racetracks and a place that I want to win at very badly. So... Um, I'm really excited about going to Dover. We performed well there last year, and uh, I think we had a couple pit road mishaps that took us out of contention, but we still had a good finish. So hopefully whenever we go back to Dover, we can be competitive and, and have a shot at it. If you went at Dover, where's that trophy going? Like, where's your Bristol sword? Is it with the Martinsville clock? I feel like you keep winning, you know, the, the trophies that people want the most in the, on the circuit. Uh, so, so where are those trophies? And, you know, if you were to get the monster, Miles the Monster trophy, is it going to go alongside your clock and your sword? Yeah, so I've, I've tried to start, like, grouping my trophies with, uh, you know, by track. So, fortunately, I've won a couple times at Dover now in the Xfinity Series. So, um, I, I think they're smaller. So, maybe yeah, they can get Yeah, it. I think it's, like, the the... They go up depending on the series. So I think they are a little smaller than like the giant like cup one. So maybe maybe my uh, Xfinity Dovers can get a dad Dover and, and we can group them all together. Um, and then my my cup sword is with my Xfinity sword and those are the same. Um, but Martinsville, yeah, I've only won there once in the cup series. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, like all my Loudon trophies, I've got a, loud, a lot of Loudon trophies that are all together too. Coming up, we recognize the latest to be named to the list of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers. And later, we'll preview the action ahead this weekend at Talladega. This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And in honor of their straightforward pricing, we're going to have a straightforward moment, just you and me. Be honest. When you're listening to ads like this one right here, you don't just sit there, ears glued and waiting to make a note of interesting offers, do you? Of course not. You're checking out your fantasy stats or catching up on the scores or doing any number of other things you want to do. I get it. I'm not fully paying attention to this ad either. I've got the game playing in a little window on my laptop as I read this. It's called multitasking. 
And now that we're being straightforward with each other, here's something else that can be totally straightforward. Your internet. No, seriously. Because when you become a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber, you don't just get super fast internet speeds, you get a bill that's straightforward all the way. Equipment fees, price increase at 12 months, not a thing here. Everything is straightforward the way it should be. And that's it. You can go ahead and check on your fantasy team now. Straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. And as NASCAR continues to celebrate its 75th anniversary, let's go back 25 years when during its golden anniversary, a list of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers was released. Now, with 25 years having passed, a number of excellent drivers have come and gone. It's time to add to that list by naming 25 additional drivers to NASCAR's list of its 75 greatest. Recently, Tony Stewart, Mike Stefanik, Randy LaJoy, Greg Biffle, Kyle Larson, Casey Kane, and Sterling Marlin were all all honored with that recognition, MRN's Jason Toy is here to highlight some of their greatest moments. In 1998, as NASCAR celebrated its 50th anniversary, the organization selected the 50 greatest drivers of its first half century. 25 years later, during the season-long celebration of NASCAR's 75th anniversary, that list is being enlarged to 75. So far, seven more drivers have been announced. Let's meet the contingent. I am so thankful that Dale Phelan gave me a chance to come run in his truck series, and uh, I just love racing with them guys. I mean, I used to run on a treadmill and look at Ron Hornaday's back bumper and just say, man, this is what I want to do when I get to him. And it's like, I told him, I said, I dreamed of that, you know. That was Mike Stefanik after he finished second at Talladega in 1999. He would later be named Rookie of the Year after the conclusion of the truck season. What people mostly remember Stefanik for is his modified resume, as he won seven championships in the NASCAR Modified Series and two titles in the former Bush North Series. Our next driver put on one dominant display of racing in the late 1990s. Randy LaJoy comes off turn number four, checkered flag in sight. The first man to win the Kroger 200 back-to-back is LaJoy. He wins the race tonight by one car length over Elliott Sadler. Randy LaJoy won two Xfinity Series championships in 1996 and 97 and is only one of five drivers to have won consecutive titles in that series. He claimed the checkered flag five times in 1996, matched that total the following season, and he won 15 Xfinity Series races overall throughout his career. The next man to earn a spot on the list began his career in IndyCar, but soon detoured to NASCAR as he made the choice look golden. And not won a race throughout the season until the chase began, and now he's won five, and he's won the Ford 400, and he's won the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Championship. Tony Stewart comes across the line victorious tonight in South Florida. Tony Stewart won three Cup Series Championships, two for Joe Gibbs Racing and after he moved on to a team he co-owned as he claimed his final championship title in 2011. The Hoosier tallied 49 wins during his 17-year run in NASCAR's premier level. That number is good enough for 15th most on the all-time wins list. A popular dirt racer named Casey Kane is our next driver to earn recognition on this list. Six times he's played the bridesmaids role in Nextel Cup Racing. Tonight he wants to throw the bouquet. Final time at a turn three, wide open and on his way is Casey Kane. And his 
47th NASCAR Nextel Cup Series start. Finally, Casey Kane is going to Gatorade Victory Lane. He gets the victory in the Chevy American Revolution 400. Over his 15-year career, he won 18 times, was honored as Cup Rookie of the Year in 2004, and won NASCAR's marathon race, the Coca-Cola 600, three times. He also won a fall race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, making the track easily his best. His best season was third as he won six races in 2006 and also found victory lane eight times in the Xfinity Series and five in the Craftsman Truck Series. Our next member of the list, like Kane, is also a superstar of dirt track racing. Kyle Larson jumped into NASCAR full-time in 2013 in the Xfinity Series and then raced his first full-time season in Cup the following year. Larson solidified himself as an elite member of this group with what he accomplished in 2021 in his debut with Hendrick Motorsports. Here he comes, off turn two, the final time for Young Money. And one final shot for Martin Truex Jr. to try to get to the back bumper. Here they come for the final time as Larson leads to three. And here he comes now, absent a year ago. He's back now, and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. En route to his first championship, Larson won 10 times in 2021. Since that accomplishment, Young Money was victorious three times in 2022, and this season has won two of the last three Cup Series races. After a career spanning two decades that saw an outstanding 56 NASCAR National Series wins, Greg Biffle has earned his place among the greatest drivers in history. What an unbelievable finish! to the 2005 NASCAR Nextel Cup Series season. Mark Martin, Greg Biffle bang on each other in turn three. Biffle to the high side, Martin to the low side, side by side for the lead and the win at Homestead. Two Fords side by side for the win and the Ford 400. Here they come down to the line. The edge, Greg Biffle by inches. That is unofficial. We'll have to wait to see what NASCAR says. It looks like indeed Biffle is going to be the winner of the Ford 400. While the Biff, as he was famously called, still races from time to time, it was his spectacular start in the late 1990s, an exceptional run through the 2000s that ultimately tells the tale of his remarkable career. In 14 seasons of year-round competition, Biffle finished top five in the Cup Series point standings three times. The Biff brought home the Xfinity Series title in 2002, just two years after being crowned a champion in the Truck Series, both while driving for Hall of Fame owner Jack Roush. And the last man in this contingent is to this day the only driver to have his first two NASCAR Cup Series wins come in the Daytona 500. Sterling Marlin keeps it down to the inside, trying to break the draft down the back straightaway. He can do it. Earnhardt, two car lengths behind. Here they come to the checkered flag of the Daytona 500. Sterling Marlin in command. Sterling Marlin will take the middle groove right through the trial. Earnhardt is not close enough to make a move. Sterling Marlin is a repeat winner of the Daytona 500. Marlin's first career win came in his 279th career start at the 1994 Daytona 500, driving for Morgan McClure Motorsports and the number four Kodak-sponsored Chevrolet. At the time, was the most starts for a driver before his first win. Marlin is also one of four drivers to win consecutive Great American races. He would end his career tallying 10 wins, 83 top fives, and 216 top tens over a 33-year span. The resumes of these seven drivers has set a high standard for the hopefuls that look to join them on the list of NASCAR's greatest 75 drivers. 
Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll look ahead to a weekend of racing at Talladega, and later we'll flash back to the 2003 Aaron's 499. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits here on NASCAR Live. But before we do, let's preview this weekend's events at Talladega Super Speedway. The short track season may be over, but now it's time to go Super Speedway racing once again in the heart of Dixie as we head down to Talladega, Alabama. Let's hear what several of the drivers have to say as they prepare for one of the year's biggest challenges. If you combine the lengths of the last three tracks on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule, you come out with just under two miles. This weekend features a dramatic shift as the world's best stock car drivers will face the 2.66-mile Talladega Super Speedway. While the same drivers tend to find their way to the front on NASCAR's three drafting racetracks, one aspect that can never be ignored in this style of racing is luck. Because of the close quarters racing, you can find yourself caught up in a mess that was no fault of your own. In fact, series points leader Christopher Bell points to luck as the biggest factor in his recent super speedway success. I have gotten luckier recently, and I think that's what it boils down to. Um, I, I had a lot of misfortune through the a lot of my speedway races, and, and it finally turned my way at the Daytona 500. And uh, going to Talladega, you know, I could win, I could wreck, I could finish 20th. It, it you know, it, it, it's speedway racing, so um, it is what's it is what it's going to be. Bell's emergence as a super speedway threat was evident at the Daytona 500 when the race came down to Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, and himself. If what Bell's teammate Martin Truex Jr. predicts about Talladega holds true. Bell could be in for another good day. You know, I think Daytona, it'll be similar to that. This car, for whatever reason, seems to just like to be too wide. There's never really a third lane. It's it's really a lot of too wide and a lot of just track position. Um, hard to make your way up through the field. So I think it'll be it'll be like Daytona was, mostly too wide, I would I would suspect. But you never know. It depends on what everybody's wanting to do. You know, how, how aggressive does everyone want to be? And will we have a chance at a third lane forming? I don't know. In last year's Geico 500, Rob Ross Chastain found himself in the right place at the right time when he avoided disaster in the trioval and was the winner when all the smoke cleared. The team trackhouse driver remembers that day as a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, just an incredible career changing win to win at one of the super speedways. It's just such a crazy lottery to, to get it done and thought I would have to pay a lot more dues and we'll probably have to pay even more dues now and pay it back for many years to come to get another one but uh, I really remember speeding on pit road getting freaked out uh, and squirting the gas with a car exiting his stall to my left and then trying to get the lucky dog and making a very crazy move to to try to split the pack up and um, you know and uh, and get the lucky dog and then fight back up there and then at the end I just remember them all turning right like one after another they just kept pulling to the outside lane and I just stayed on the bottom. 
Another driver who was victorious at Talladega in the spring of 2022 was Noah Gregson. That victory was part of Gregson's stellar year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. This year, Gregson's transition to the Cup Series hasn't gone as smoothly as he would have liked, with the Legacy Motor Club driver sitting 30th in the championship standings. The Las Vegas driver says he's ready to go all out at Talladega, but admits that the Super Speedway racing in the Cup Series is an entirely different animal than what he's used to. Talladega has been a, a good track, but the, the Cup Series and Super Speedway racing, it's just kind of a different animal, and um, I definitely need to you know, reevaluate where I'm at. Um, Super Speedway racing when we in the Cup Series now because there's so many more challenges with that, and there's a lot better talent. You know, for the most part, I'm I'm really excited to get another opportunity. My game plan at Daytona was to kind of survive, and you want to start your season off with a decent finish. So, you know, unfortunately, you got wrecked there right at the end. But you know, for the most part, I just kind of hung out in the back, and so Talladega, I'm going to go just race my ass off the whole time on dry. Another drive who is in need of a good run heading to Talladega is Harrison Burton. The driver who is in his sophomore effort in the Cup Series sits just one spot ahead of Gregson in the point standings at 29th. Talladega is no stranger to surprise winners, though, and after leading laps in the Daytona 500, Burton views this weekend as an opportunity race. Super speedways kind of create opportunities for everybody, and everyone goes into those races thinking that they could win, and that's what makes it fun. It also kind of makes it frustrating at times because you kind of end up, you know, going into the into the race like, yeah, we could win, and then it doesn't go your way. It's frustrating, right? So uh, last year ran pretty good there, all the way up until that big restart crash took out a lot of guys. I think I was running like eighth or something at that time. So yeah, I mean, I like Talladega. It's fun. Led led laps late in the 500 so i feel like our our super speedway package is getting better since uh my first 500 when i flipped <laughs> so uh just trying to get better and better at that eventually and i think we're heading towards that direction while a burton or gregson win this weekend would qualify as a surprise one driver that wouldn't apply to this is brad kislowski the six-time Talladega winner is looking for his first win since he won this race two years ago. But that winless streak isn't preventing Keselowski from entering the weekend with super high expectations. Yeah, we got super high expectations. We ran really well last year at both Talladega events and had problems with the car, and, and ultimately I, I ended up speeding down pit road in both of them. Uh, you look at how we were all, well we ran at Daytona and how well we ran at Atlanta with progress we're making. I, I mean, I feel like we can go to Talladega and win. Another former Talladega winner that many figure to be a factor this weekend is Bubba Wallace. The 23-11 racing driver is excited to get back to the site of his first Cup Series victory, but admits that he hasn't had much to brag about when it comes to Speedway racing lately. Man, we were really close last year. Kurt and I both were really close and just got caught up there in that last wreck coming to the line, so just got to do better. Other than that, we haven't really had much Speedway racing to brag about uh, under our resume, so uh, excited to get back there. Um, you know, Daytona was going well. We were close again at the, at the end there and got caught up in the last wreck so just got to continue the trend that we've been on for speedway racing got to get back on that horse and just uh, continue after it so what will the 2023 geico 500 bring will we see one of the speedway stalwarts head back to victory lane or will a surprise winner step up and nab a playoff berth 188 laps at the biggest baddest fastest racetrack on the planet holds the answer 
That Talladega preview is brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll put a bow on this week's show by revisiting the 2003 Aaron's 499 from Talladega. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, let's step back into the MRN time machine and let's go back to the 2003 Aaron's 499 from Talladega. As the field works their way off turn four and into the trioval for the final time. Getting set to go here in one of the fastest races of the year, Jeremy Mayfield and Kevin Harvick on the front row. It is Dodge and Chevrolet stacked up side by side. Rest of the field now just behind them coming up to speed. The pace car has hit the pit lane and for the start of the Aaron 499. Here's Barney Hall. The excitement is about to begin here at Talladega. 188 circuits around the speedway this afternoon will make up the Aaron's 499 as they come down into the trioval, banked 18 degrees, looking for the green flag here at the start-finish line. It is in the air. These restrictor plate engines fire to life, head off into turn number one. You won't see anybody pulling out to pass until they wind them up and get full power into the motors as they head for turn one. It'll take the better part of a full lap to get them up to full song. For the moment, the front row remains Side-by-side, nose-to-nose. Jeremy Mayfield in the Dodge on the bottom. Kevin Harvick topside in the Chevrolet as they exit the backing at turn two for the first time. It's Mayfield by inches. It's a high-speed pace lap onto the back straightaway. Jeremy Mayfield leading the pack down low. Up top, it's Kevin Harvick. Harvick now with a fender on in front. Harvick will grab the lead at the entrance to three, but here comes Mayfield rallying back to the inside. Jeremy Mayfield down back on the bottom alongside Kevin Harvick. They maintain the two-by-two formation as they come out of turn three and into turn four. Now Mayfield has the advantage. He's bringing Elliott Sadler with him. Crowd comes to their feet on the first lap. Harvick is shuffled back to the fifth spot off turn four. Elliott Sadler takes over the second spot as he squeezes down to the inside of the racetrack. Gets by Kevin Harvick. The inside lane proves to be the fast one here on the completion of lap number one. The race now for third. Harvick on the outside lane. Bill Elliott down low. Elliott down low in the Dodge looking to take away the number three position. He's got drafting help down low from Jimmy Johnson and Mark Martin. Kevin Harvick topside with help from Jeff Gordon. Side by side. Off turn number two. Here they come onto the back straightaway now. Jeremy Mayfield getting out front all by himself. Cannot wait to get to Talladega Super Speedway this weekend. Perhaps maybe some more memories waiting to be made in the Geico 500 race weekend. I'd like to thank Christopher Bell for joining us on this week's show. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. Be sure to check out NASCAR Live wide open. You can download that on Thursday. And, of course, we'll have NASCAR Live race day for you in Talladega, Alabama on Sunday. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? 
Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 